Chapter 8 Matata didn't see his younghood friends since they last saw each other a long time ago. He was 22 that year. He was supposed to go out with someone else that day. He'd met her a week earlier, through his friend Sapo Mapala, and exchanged numbers. But talking with her a couple of times was enough to convince him they'd both be wasting their time and money. The deepest conversation Matata could expect was what they liked to watch on TV, Matata, not much, and she'd said some things that made it obvious she was only after one thing. So he called and cancelled. It was a few days, in fact, a week before Christmas. Matata and his other friend, Seppo, went to take a bit of a walk after having a boring day while Matata was waiting for his call to an appointment. They bunged up at one of the famous bars locally, Darbin Line. Seppo bought a couple of some bottles to refresh after strolling around the township. Seppo was a regular there. When they were busy enjoying their beer, Seppo saw someone Seppo did not know. It was a beautiful tall and light lady passing by from one of the nearby supermarkets, Tabong Basoto. It was a shiny day though it was late early sunset of the day. He insisted to approach a lady as they normally did like big brothers in those days. Matata let him go as he was not interested, and he was always shy to meet girls when he was drunk as it was the hidden phenomena they did, thinking they were protecting what they identified as image. Most of the people in the village did not know whether they were drinking beer or not. Besides Matata was one of the famous Catholic youth groups at Maypatang while Tsepo was an apostolic faith mission member. They had to be cautious of whatever they were exploiting. Matata was not interested in someone Sapo saw because he was playing pool and watching soccer as there was TV. Sapo was gone, Matata was alone against Savannah's bottles. On his first win on the pool, Sapo was back and rejoining at the private room where the pool was. Man. I didn't know the lady but she only gives me directions where she will be living shortly before going back Musensi. What? Who is she? Why so interested man? Finish off the game, we will talk after. Okay. Man who is that lady? Matata insisted. Sapo didn't reply but left the room as someone was calling him from the public room. Sapo was halfway across the room talking to someone else he knew. Had this happened a few months earlier, Matata would have sat there like a blubbering idiot, and then made some excuse to join him. But Matata was a wisdom graduate, you know, the how to win friends and influence people, guy, and he decided to put what he had learned to use. So, what do you guys do for now? They never replied. But Seppo changed the subject as he took some chairs to settle and pushed Matata to the other as they encircled their table and chit-chat as three comrades. They never chat or even touch the very subject Matata was eager and fond to know, even a single word of the subject rather pushed them to buy more beers. Matata ended up forgetting everything but focusing on normal gossip men can do at their convoy enjoying their drinks. Drunkenness occupied every space of that girl, everything was blurry and darkened by his spinning head. They didn't know how they got home at Sapo's home far from the township unlike Matata's. A cloudy Sunday, do you know what that was in the town of Lakoting? The sky sank before dawn, muddy, flat, immovable. The air was thick, clammy with the breath of crowded human beings going to church though Matata and Sapo did not have energy rather weak from the last night event. Matata wasn't arranged as he was in a deep sleep at Sapo's house. It stifled him. Matata partly opens the window, looked out, can scarcely see through the rain the Maypatang High School opposite, where a group of Daga users was gathered, a cloud of smoke getting bigger from them under a huge tree in Maypatang High School yard. He could detect the scent through all the foul smells ranging loose in the air. The idiosyncrasy of the town was smoking. Its dream of green fields and sunshine was a very old dream, almost worn out, he thought. From the back window, Matata could see a narrow brickyard sloping down to the riverside, strewed with rain butts and tubs. Sapo would have heavenly water from the rain. 
Sapo. Wake up man, I have to go now. Maybe I might go to the second church service man, I already missed the morning session. Matata's head was heavy and lost appetite. Okay man. I will see you after churchman, I can't wake up in this rain brother. Sharp man, he was lying and rubbed his eyes. Matata went out into the rain and rushing to his mother's house almost a kilometer from Maybatang High School. The rain, which fills the roads with such ghastly mud, and digs such deep ruts, there was nothing more than an elegant, aristocratic shower, reviving the red of the bricks and the green of the lawns, polishing the leaves of the peach trees. Everything glistened, everything was peaceful though it was hard for Matata to run faster as he could to escape that floodgate open from the highest. But he finally got there nonetheless his clothes were drenched with rain and mud when he slipped over the mud at the cross of the Donga down the slope up to his home. He tried warming and comforting himself with other clothes but it did not come as he expected rather naturally slowly. The room was vacant, with no one in the room, it was cold as it was, it didn't have any heating system except a noisy prima stove. It was a funeral he thought. Matata finally found going to bed again as the best option he could get. He never knew what happened, the weariness and privations could be read distinctly upon that relaxed expression, overcome with sleep. After a long deep sleep, horrors and timid propelled by the bang on the door woke him up. But suddenly stopped even before Matata could reply as it always took him a few seconds to retort to some knocks in the door from his sleep. Maybe it was kids from the neighbors he thought. The rain stopped though it was still muddy and windy outside glancing through the window. When that mud would be brushed off. There was a game that Sunday, why could that rain stop their game? Those are unanswered questions from a lone man in the room. His team was supposed to have a game at Cyan Primary Ground, 500 meters east of Matata's home, but almost 200 meters south from Apostolic Faith Mission Church, former Bafalong English Medium School. Knock, knock. Matata. Knock, knock. Who is this knocking like this, a woman? Matata inarticulately went as the crow flies to the door. This knocking was so strange to him. He never heard anyone knocking like that. Matata waited absolutely a minute on the door before he could open it. Matata, can you please open the door? I saw you open the curtains. Don't you want to see me? A stranger on the door kept on knocking. I am coming. Matata immediately opened the door to see that strange knocking. It was a nice looking stranger in her pink shorts and a white sweater. A sweet smile was revolving on her face. It took him some more seconds trying to think deeply who was that smiling stranger to him like that. He never met her before. Matata. Why do you look at me like that? I know I have been away for almost 10 years now without seeing each other but I was still remembering you very well. Why don't you let me into the house then standing here? Okay. But you? Stop it right there. Allow me to get in. You see I am from the house. It's cold outside here. Matata pushed her soothingly into the room. His worries were all over his head and mind. A girl he did not know. Was it one of their relatives he didn't know? Who was she? His mind was full of strange questions he couldn't lay to rest. That was how life could sometimes be to everyone, meeting someone one could never know but likely to be the better person to a solitary either. She was beautiful but strange to him meeting someone who knew him wholly though Matata didn't know her at all. Thanks for letting me in. Before we can say anything, can you please make us tea? She was not taking no for an answer. She was eagerly glancing at the utensils for tea. Matata suddenly went without delay to prepare some tea for them. His head was a heavy burden to unload though there was no one closer to share the experience with him besides the stranger, a stranger could do. Whom did that stranger know Matata like that? Tea was ready, should he delay or quicken? Let Matata be a strong man who could not run away from life challenges. 
Though she was an alien to him, Matata felt something so special in him too. There was nowhere to escape that as there was no entity in the room except the two. It seemed silent in the room but his thoughts were high above the mountains far from his physical being. They all took him to a city he had never been to before. Matata made a cup of cocoa and took it through to her. She was sitting up on the chair, looking unwavering and the beauty busted to his eyes. But still, her face did not bring light to him with the stranger. How was he going to bear all that would possibly come next? Matata could not make his endings but wait for her to introduce herself. Which one do you want then? Matata frequently had his ways to break through his fears to bring it down to normal, especially when he was meeting with such heavy tests like it was. The one you think I deserve is someone who can be special to you, me. You mean you are special to me? Or what exactly are you trying to say? It all took him her words to grab a topic to make himself comfortable to make banter. But still, Matata's worry was to ask the name of a stranger. That is not the point by now. Tell me. Where is your brother who used to say I am her wife? I think now you know me after you reposted my humble question. She inquired. Your brother used to help you and the young girl next door. I used to pass by when I was sent to shops at Darabane. He used to beat you and I always thought he was abusing you. But I can see he was helping you a lot. It took a while for him again to understand the full meaning of what she was saying. He could only remember them. They were all events he was still familiar with as well. She reminded me of Sebe. He thought. A girl of his age in those early years, they used to do everything in common. The way that lady articulated, she knew everything Matata used to perform with Sebenzile. Wasn't she the one? So tell me, where have you been all these years? Besides you seem to know me very well, I think it's better to know each other before everything. Matata insisted. I never thought Matata. You can be tricked this way. You were a smart boy when we grew up. I never forget you. Hence why after the first day I heard about coming to Lesotho, I thought of meeting you the very first day I arrived. Unfortunately, I only found your sister. Matata looked her in the eyes as his breathing slowed to normal although his expressions remained wary. He threw his arms around her, not caring what she would think of him. He was close to bursting with happiness. He lifted his face to hers. She was wary too. He did not blame her. But he smiled through his tears. Matata nodded. Sebenzile kissed him then, his first real kiss. His mind was at peace but happier than the confused thoughts that were in his mind before. It was a perfect moment, a beautiful moment that no one was expecting. Sebenzile stepped back at last. I am sorry Matata. I kissed you. If ever you still remember, the last day I left you here I kissed you. Sorry again, don't tell your girlfriend I kissed you. I have to go, my mother will be worried, and especially she saw I didn't wear raincoats. See you then. Everything was a surprise package Matata ever had. The room was silent while he was angry with himself. Am I that stupid to forget her that much? He whispered. I hated myself that much? Those were mixed feelings of contentment and hatred. If ever he remembered her at once, they would have a good time without the troubled minds he had and kept the conversation short. Matata blew on his cold tea. That's not the kind of surprise I need. No blind dates. I am declaring myself to be a blind date free zone, he whispered. He spent the day at home with the hope of seeing Sebenzile again though it was already after 3 o'clock afternoon. She never appeared on the same rainy Sunday. Chapter 9 She looked like a typical Mosoto girl Matata ever meet before, with her short trimmed hair and the glasses that sat across the bridge of her nose making her look not only intelligent but gave a hint of being a dexterous one. He loved. She was tall well over 6 feet probably closer to 6. She was at least 4 inches shorter than Matata's own 5 foot 7 inches. 
He saw her talking with one of her sisters and hung back a little waiting for them to finish up. They were standing under a tree that was in the middle of their home soil, holding the broom with the right hand. As she glanced up from her conversation with her, she saw Matata standing there and gave him a quick wink. Looking back at her sister, she smiled a row of beautiful white teeth and a dimple in her right cheek. Matata's eyes swept over her tanned face with her pronounced brow, up to her dark golden neat hair, back down to her deep brown eyes hidden behind her square-framed glasses. She was attractive in a different way Matata normally used to know her, smart and clean rocked always. She did not have the rocky good looks or the beautiful girl look either, but she was just an intelligent, beautiful woman. Matata's gaze traveled down her body, though she was a distance, taking in her slightly over her breasts down to the body hugging. She was fit as a man could say but not overly fat as some men would love to see them big as African women fitting in the shushu dress. She had very white and smooth long legs that came up well combined with her waist, given her tall stature that was not a surprise as they, both, normally had the taste of tall figures though Matata was still taller than her. It was a girl he was growing with though she disappeared for such a long time, Matata thought. He did not make the acquaintance of the morning dawn to them, he was shy to do so though he intended to hear the voice of Sebenzile for the second time since yesterday. For sure it was a dream but the true phenomena he long time saw them at those early ages before she left their beloved country. Even though she was that far, the voice is still the same. She has never been that silent but blared always she talks. Matata was to pass by their gate to fetch some water up there near Tarabane, but he decided to pass on the other far side which still would lead him to the tap. He could feel the same happiness they, Matata and Sebenzile, used to have when they grew up though by then it was just an imaginary feeling, sometimes it might be a sour taste to swallow other than the same ecstasy. It's his hope and wishes to feel the same as they were used to in that underdeveloped village which is currently more advanced than before. There are now schools from preschool to high schools. Football grounds are developed because of EXR, the construction company. Matata fetched some water from the tap with mixed feelings of happiness and frustration, as those kisses mean the new beginning or just a mere stormy kiss everyone could do. He never felt any heaviness of the two 20 liters buckets, my mind focused to see Sebe again. He was back at home speedily, in the room with his sister. It was midday when he bathed as it was his norm every day when he did not go to school. Matata immediately heard a soft voice calling him from outside. It was her, he ran out to welcome her. Hello, Matata. Are you still bathing? She demanded, let me wait for you to finish off, I am alone so my sister is away with mum to Maputzwe. If you don't mind you will come to my place and taking me out for a walk. Okay. Let me do it faster. I will collect you there Sebe. Maybe it will be wise if I have a shower. She promenaded. Everything that was gnarled his mind tended to be wiped off. He went back into the room and deepened his foot in tepid water. Now his dreams tend to take a good course of action as he expected and wished to have Sebe's company. Matata hurriedly was bathing while in the back of his mind could still hear her voice and the sound of the body bag zip. He then went to Sebe's house immediately for a walk as assured. On his short way to her house, he wondered if he would get her ready or would he be waiting along for her. Girls always take hours bathing. But let me not thought of negatives. He thought. When he was in front of her unclosed door, Sebenzile insisted Matata come in though he sensed she was still bathing. Hey! You're still bathing, can I get in then? He asked. She ignored his question, calling out instead, Matata I dressed up. I don't want you to wait outside alone. She was spraying a little perfume on her throat now. It's a sweet smell filled the air, pushing back the ever-present stink of dettol shortly sprayed in the room after a bath. That smell of dettol had been filling the bathroom she was freshening up in the kitchen where Matata was seating on the chair, spreading into every corner of his grandma's house as though it would stay there eternally.
She was now in front of the mirror with a great smile as she was throwing strings of questions to Matata and trying to balance her nice silky pink and flowered short trousers. Oh. Yes, she did look lovely. The frill of the soft cream blouse circled her elegant neck. The deep pink shorts curved smoothly over her hips complemented by her long light legs and her Nike sneakers. There was a love of life, such joy of life in her. She was finally done with bathing and mirror admirer. Hey. Where to now? I miss these places. I like adventures lately, she said as she was leading Matata to the door. We will see where to start but I like to take you to Kubeta River because I have never been there for a couple of years now, maybe it will be your great excitement as I will be too. His heart beat faster and happy to be with Sebenzile again since they disappeared to each other a long time ago in that era as kids. Today is another different experience they both will have. It's been long and hopeless that they could meet again with the same pages as they used to be when they were kids, did it make sense to be on the same page as before or was it just a wish that could not exist sensibly? Oh. Yes, it existed and was possible in most cases. It worked for them for a long though they rarely meet, it still does today to most people. She was so amazed at their trip to Kubeta River. She had such a good experience of a life away from our country which made Matata enjoy the company. She never shies up since knowing her during those ages rather matured more than he thought, told Matata her life at new schools and the very new environment compared to Lesotho, especially the coding among the villages. Something of the same idle notion comes to Matata when he visited the river alone to freshen up his mind. From the village, Matata looks at the slow stream of animals and human life creeping past the river from Motorong to Maipatang. Masses of men, kids, and women, with, dull-besotted faces bent to the ground because of rough and hectic roads, sharpened here and there by pain or cunning, skin and muscle and flesh besmirched with sweat in everyday hot day journey to schools and supermarkets. You call it an altogether serious thing to be alive, to those people, it is just a jest, a joke, horrible to angels and strangers of the place perhaps, to them a commonplace enough. The fancy about the river is as idle one, it was no type of such a life as a daily phenomenon but good enough to take a tour for the feel of wildlife. What if it is stagnant and slippery here after heavy rains? It goes that beyond there waits for it odorous sunlight, quaint old gardens, dusky with soft and green flora of different trees and flushing crimson with wild roses, air, fields, and foothill is a refreshing scene for the wild lovers and taking pleasure in such environment. Can you see how vaporous it is? It was a very sensible atmosphere the same to them both, Matata and Sebenzile. Looking at the snaking willow beside the river banks and the sweet sound of lurks within the shadowed trees passing from one end of the river to the other side made it more romantic and dated to their company. A ventilated air was more than any sweet phenomenon ever did supplement with the soft sound of waved waters down the river. Sebe was such an order from another country, sharing the adventures of her great-grandfather, Mr. Mbisi. Every afternoon he used to send her to Darabang, our township at Maypatang. She reminded Matata of those stories he blurred remember them at that young age, a mind of a kid can't forget easily compared to an adult one. Did it surprise hearing her still remember those late actions, isn't the new country change her mind to forget us? He thought. In a wonderful, unexpected way, it was the same Sebe who used to be at early ages decades ago, the same one who still knew the feeling and experiences of her origins. It was Sebe who encouraged Matata to feel her again. It seemed to him that they were so much alike. Matata was stubborn at that age. And because they were almost the same age, even though a century apart, they could identify that they still had the same feeling they long forgot. Sebenzile and Matata spend almost more than two hours going wild for the day, taking pictures in the water, eating, and drinking the provisions Sebenzile was preparing. Not forgetting the moment Matata cherished most, 
putting her on his back when they climbed a steep pathway to liking. It was with the same feeling of excitement that stemmed from a feeling of a girl in his back for the first time. Feeling her hips with his bare hands while gripping his pelvic with her tights, was not just a feeling but males understand what a naughty of a boy could be at that moment. The same moment wasn't taking long though it was enjoyable to both of them as a steep was forbidding Matata to go further with her on his back. Rather they enjoyed the tapered walk in the cool and ventilated passage leading to the village. Matata. I will not mind if we can go back to the same place before I leave the country. It was tiring for me but I can see I was going with a gentleman who can assist a lady when she is tired. It was Sebe laughing still trembling with the shock of desire. Not for any price. You won't kiss a betrayal out of me. Fair warning, Sebe, Matata said quietly but jokingly, maybe I will seduce you tonight so that you will be aware of a man going into the forest. Hey! Don't take this for granted, I had a good experience today though our time was never enough to explore more. Matata kept silent as if he didn't hear anything. His mind was grumbling around, wondering if Sebenzile belonged to him or it was just one day date. He glanced down at the girl's lovely, dazzled eyes as though it was his first time meeting her from the far east of Africa. They were maneuvered from Kube to tired of the steepness of the hill through the crowded young men of Lakoting, gossiping, and whispering. He would call her nice. He repeated the word in his mind as if he was trying to comprehend it. Matata and Sebenzile went past Dehan High School through Sion Primary School's soccer playground straight home because the afternoon shadows had long since lengthened into the evening and the night air had turned chilly. Matata remained absorbed in the argument he put in his head. So are you, Sebe said with a smile. And she made a sudden step forward and came down hard on my toes with the flat shoes she was putting on. Matata cried with pain. Immediately Sebenzile exclaimed contritely and laughter, I'm sorry, Matata, let me rub you to ease the pain. No. Thanks for doing it, Sebe, what will your mum say as you see she is glancing at us like this? She didn't reply any rather put in her question too. Yeah. How can you go with me but show boredom at the end of the day? I have been looking at your face since crossing that last corner of the credit union. And now? Shh. Don't accuse me Sebe. I. I was still thinking of when to return and revisit that place. I am sorry if ever I kept quiet for such a long time. Matata replied tersely trying to change her topic. Sebenzile and Matata were close to Sebenzile's grandparents' gate. Immediately after a short reply, they gave each other a hug then say goodbye as the golden sun was also about to peer Mount Bulera far west from Lakoting. It was a journey never forgets though Matata never told her how he felt about her. He never thought Sebenzile could see something was wrong with his face hence a lie was the closest option to instigate. Deceit was part of the art of war. He thought. The truth could be a flexible thing to her and knowing what he was thinking about her. Stretching it correctly was partly how he could build a vast empire out of nothing. Lying in personal life, was something new. Matata's neck broke out in a sweat to think of it. He could never look into a girl's face and lied against his honor. It made him feel. Cheap. I had no choice since I did not want to destroy any friendship we have long built since growing up, he told himself fiercely. She gave me no choice. And this was not personal but just a concern. Wasn't it? If Matata could have told Sebe the truth, it would have ended everything. But it was just an assumption. And Matata was so close to telling her. He could feel her weakening by that moment. But it was as if she was innocent enough to be surprised hearing him say he loves or he wanted to seduce her but the fearful feeling engulfed his heart. Sebenzile once kissed Matata upon her arrival in Lesotho. That was a chance wasted to tell her the truth but everything happened so fast. She kissed him that first day slowly, sensually, 
she had been born to inflame a man's senses and make him craze out of his mind with longing until Matata could do or say anything to possess her. All were in his mind when he was alone near the garden yard. Truly was a great day that no man would forget accompanied by a tall adorable girl within the village. The night of the same day was so delighted that Matata could not even remember what exactly happened, his mind was floating enough that there was no other space to hold any late phenomena. There were no nightmares, his sleepy days minds and panicky thoughts he used to experience were a history only a television show which was recalling every action of the day. Matata. Wake up. Don't you see it's daytime? You are now alone sleeping. Wake up I want to make up the bed. I am late to Fixburg Bridge. Mum has been calling me several times that she is in the taxi from Kimberly. Mufuzi, Matata's sister, said roughly, pulling away blankets from him. Matata was a snake on the mattress with a vest and shorts. Sister, why can't you let this for me? I can make the bed too. Shh. I want to clean both rooms faster. I don't want mum to be angry at her first time arriving. I'm done outside. What the hell was this sweet insanity from his sister? Was their mother's call made mad that much? They caused them to lose control. She had never done that before. Yes. She was madly in hurry. Why are you so upset brother? She was surprisingly looking at him. Yes, why as it was already a bright sunny morning with a fresh puff of air blowing from the north of Maypatang. Everyone was busy cleaning and feeling the Christmas atmosphere. Only some hours to count before a big day to every Christian and kid though Matata was not that kid anymore. But he had to let her do home basic work as a sister. Why didn't she have confidence in his brother to get done the same housework while she was departing? Maybe it was her excitement. That was his sister. She loved doing it herself as she was the only sister acting as a mother and a father to them as their mom was working outside the country. Though it tortured them that much, she had to be away from the family. Matata and her younger sister never saw their father for many years then. He died a decade ago. That was the braveness of their mother, Matankiso, who raised almost eight siblings including her grandchildren. She was always a father and a mother role to her family. It was not an easy thing to do for a woman like her. She was a really strong mother indeed. Everyone could love her so much, her humbleness and respect for everyone in the village made her the best mother ever. I am a tired sister. Anyway, I will wait outside till you are done cleaning, that was not a big room for her to need assistance, he whispered. No Matata. You have to go to Darabane and buy cabbage at least. I want to leave you and kids with food, she insisted. Where are those twos? She never answered anymore. The only sound of a broom was heard and dusty and stifling air was smelled strongly in the room. She treaded up from sweeping to her bag, taking out a green banknote pointing it to him to purchase what she ordered Matata to come with. Please Matata. Make it quick remember? There are M8.00 cabbage and buy beef stock with the change, she said. Sister I am tired, why can't you send those kids? He protested. She did not listen to me. Rather showed me her back to go on with her work. Matata was tired to go there. What made him that tired though he was from bed? Was it those beliefs in mind that waking up early before sunrise can make a body active then waking up in a hot sunny morning could bring laziness to human strength metal, physically and mentally? But he had to go with a pace as his sister demanded. She had a limited time at home as she well said. It wasn't Matata's day but he tried pushing hard as big sister commanded him. She had done everything to push him to go fast. Could she ever apologize to force Matata to go to Darabane? She has too, he thought. Even if she has to beg for forgiveness, she was trying to leave us with enough food to eat at lunch before she returned. In the echo of his departing footsteps halfway to Darabane, over 800 meters, 
Sebe was also coming back from the same routine to her home. Was it a coincidental meeting for both of them? In his heart of hearts, Matata knew that Sebenzile was an ordinary girl he could meet before. Nothing came the time he saw her coming, he did not think of anything besides what his sister was doing to him since morning. Until Matata met someone who had been inspiring him since her arrival, someone who with her sweet kindness and natural beauty had made him believe there was more life to date and focus on her than anything a gentleman could do as his leisure. Hey! Matata! How are you doing? Sebenzile asked sympathetically. The same voice Matata was familiar with from past weeks after such a long time. But it seemed like it was always renewed to the best of his ears like angels singing hymns glorifying their master. I am fine though I feel tired. I never knew you as a lazy boy, you woke up later than me. I saw your sister sweeping outside but I didn't see you. Where were you then? Said Sebe wittily. Do you think I am that lazy as you think? I was in the house doing other duties, Matata was twisting Sebenzile from those stubborn thoughts of a girl to dominate him. What are your plans today Sebe? What are you going to do today the whole day? I want to go to Lakoting to visit Mat Shabalala but it wasn't a big deal. Why are you asking? She demanded, do you have anything in your mind then? I decided to visit because I will be alone bored, mum and Busi will be away to Papapo. Matata slowly swallowed a gulp of air without a word to start. But a great man always led with examples. It was all too horrifying to ask Sebe to pay him a visit at home though will was always stand out in his heavy head. I don't have any plans to. So. Matata, is there anything you wanted to tell me? She requested, when did you develop to be too shy to say something? I am not shy Sebe but. It was not hard for him to say but he was not prepared to have this in mind. What if we can spend time together at my place? Matata insisted, my sister will be away in no time too to Fixburg. Matata glanced down at the girl's lovely dazzled eyes as he was waiting for her answer though he did not expect anything then yes. Matata would dub her nice propelled by a natural feeling he saw standing closer. Matata repeated the word in his mind as if she was trying to comprehend it. This is a good idea Matata, but be sure you cook nice food for us. She appreciated. Matata turned to her with a smile. Thank you so much. I thought you won't appreciate it to spend time with me at my mom's home. Anyway, I think you can come at 1200 hours? I think I will be free and my sister will have gone at that moment. Okay, Matata. I will come. Don't forget to cook friend. Matata quickly turns his back from her to rash in town to do as ordered. Why of late did he have been feeling a little bit been too much to the girl? At least she did not know how he felt but he, to quote his own words, not sure how she feels about me but for now we are friends his initial knee-jerk response to that was if she was not sure, maybe Sebenzile was not in a mood. Matata should probably run as fast as he could do. Sebenzile also had to go home delivering some veggies and did her chores. Chapter 10 Matata's sister left now for several hours as she was going to Maputso. Matata was alone and the house was already his. No one was around beside him in the vacant rooms at the moment, his younger sister and brother, Menk and Tapello, were too not around as they were sleeping at their uncle down there near a well-known person, Mr. Sefiko. They slept there last night, they never came back the following day. Matata didn't like going to his uncle's house because he is the kind of boy who is uncomfortable living in a house where there was a father. Again their uncle didn't like seeing older ones resting too much, there was always work at his yards to cultivate or take out weeds all day long. Matata's loneliness in the room brought a sense of sleeping though at the same time he had been waiting for someone whom he thought would make his day more sensible of boredom he brought himself. In age well balanced, 
in personal appearance fairly marched although Sebenzile seemed more intelligent than Matata in domestic requirements he thought it was conformable. In temper that couple differed although never clash unrealistically, it was Matata's thoughts that if ever he happened to Sebenzile heart, there would be to their tastes and fancies to those smallest like them, it would be no denominator which could be applied. Matata could consider her beauty as supernatural as no other girl could march in the living creature of this earth. She was best characterized by that superannuated phrase of elegance. All tend to be real in Matata's mind though it was just irony when it came to real life, that was how a boy like him could play around with his emotions. Especially when he was waiting for someone most guys were busy after her in the village even outside. What would you do if you were Matata while waiting for Sevenzile? Would you take a walk to Darabane for some time to get rid of that silence and sleepiness? Matata tried hard to bring a smile inwardly to himself, he cleared off some negative thoughts he could bring in his mind. The door was opened but the excessive summer heat did not allow anybody to put even a vest in their homes, they only did because of covering themselves. Likewise, Matata was among those who felt the heat. He was even lazy to go to the other room to change his clothes. It was obvious he stayed half-naked with his blue short trousers. There was no how he could prevent or find any option of coolants. There was no electricity to plug on any ventilating machines or a fridge to make some ice cubes. The only option Matata could have was to open one window a room had in the door. He did exactly that, it was a disturbing temperature of the midsummer. Even the single bed he was lying on, was not giving him enough space to breathe cool air that might be swept in possibly. What could be the best for him was to take a nap. Hey! Matata! Are you sleeping with the door opened? A soft voice requested tentatively. It was his visitor, standing at the door. Matata heard her in his deep sleep. He quickly spun around towards the voice. Sebenzile was smiling as if it was a long time waiting and glancing at Matata. Hmm. You shocked me Sebe. How long have been here? The smiling Matata saw was the most indeed great one. Almost every boy within Lakoting could love to be closer to it more often. Sebenzile was very beautiful and her makeup gave her an almost bad girl look that he found somehow quite appealing. Are you finally coming? Matata solicited. I have been there. Wondering if you are in the house. I just came because of the open door. Sebenzile replied pointing at her grandmother's gate, I nearly visit my relatives too at Papapo. Anyway, I smelled your odor. You must be kidding Sebe. He whispered, but choking on the words and waited for Sebenzile to expose the weakness in him. What did Sebe see during his sleep? To point out that by her admission, there was no smart man when he wakes up from sleep. Instead, Sebenzile reached up to stroke Matata's cheek. The first time she'd deliberately do it since her arrival. It wasn't your fault to fall asleep Matata. She paused, it's hot outside. I can see you look shocked to see me here. What's the matter? A tremble went through Matata. Sebenzile involuntarily turned her face into his caress, she closed her eyes briefly, taking a deep breath. You are a special man Matata Matsura, she said in a low voice. I have never seen you from sleep before. She gave a short laugh and looked away and gazed through the window she was standing nearer to it. I'm not special. I'm completely ordinary. Or are you playing me games now? No. Matata you're special that I saw something I have never seen with these years knowing each other. They both laughed. Those were inspiring words spoken to Matata. They might be more important to him in so many ways he could think of. But they were said from just open heart without any hidden agendas that day. It's because you like my shorts. He's still not sure about the gist of the conversation. The nature of man inside it, she looked down at him on the bed. Where is your mother, Matata? Is she still believed in fairy tales like before? 
Matanta did not utter any word. Rather signaled with his, yes answer, with the head. Her eyes were slightly closed. The gaze looks held in the sunlight, her pupils dilated as she looked down at Matata once more and licked her lips. That was an invitation no man could ignore. Taking her in his arms, he pushed his mouth to hers. Kissing her was heaven though his thoughts and mind were intermingled to what state they were doing that. Could she apologize like before? Or it's now Matata's time to apologize. Matata was so intoxicated by the taste of her lips, even the feel of her was more than what could be assumed on friendliness. Matata's body was tightening up and he drew back to softly stroke her face, looking down into her eyes which seemed to be more aqueous than before. Should he pull off her pants down? It could be dangerous, it might even destroy every mood everything was happening. That is every man's challenge when he is merely kissed by a girl he's simply befriending. Tonight your mind Sebe, Matata said hoarsely. Sebenzile dreamy expression suddenly changed to shock. She shook her head hard as if clearing that expression from her mind. She hesitated, licking her lips. Then she pulled away on the other corner of a bed they were resting. Please Matata. Don't. Matata reached for her. Sebe. Please. I can't do this. She whispered, backing away from his reach. Please. Remember the door is still open? I'm sorry I tempted you. I don't want anything from you more than kissing. But if you no longer need me to stay another more hours, keep on pushing to what you are trying to force me to do. She looked at Matata with the intake on her breath. A moment of silence engulfed the room Matata and Sebenzile were in for a few minutes. Only a beeping of some flies was heard. It was Matata's time to ask for forgiveness but a man's pride tortured him severely with a short period of their silence. I never apologized to a girl before. He silently pondered. What is supposed to be done then? Could he swallow his pride for the sake of peace? Matata wanted her badly that his body hurt from it. But he had a sour taste in his mouth to utter a word. As he knew exactly that he was the quilt. Which way forward to that? It was always his weakness to accept blame even if he knew from the start that he was wrong. She's no innocent virgin if ever it is, he told himself again and again. Matata wanted a fighting mechanism to see him felt guilty about, nothing at all. But that could be a great temptation to everyone when there was a tempting electrified kiss. It could be a dream of seeing two people who were friends sitting like they were strangers to each other. Those were life challenges to both Sebenzile and Matata at those times of their teenagehood. It was indeed a joking scene to look on screen. Besides Sebenzile was more complicated according to Matata's mere thoughts, but Sebenzile was a strong girl Matata couldn't afford to let her go that simple. Even though Matata thought he was who he was, it was his mistake in every incident it was between them. A lack of man's patience mostly brought great tension between his partner and him. He thought. How could it be if he apologized to his friend? It has to be a ghastly mistake. Matata whispered. I wouldn't have betrayed you, Sebe. I need that bonus. Bonus? She barked laughter. You're lucky Matata. I don't have you thrown in my black heart's jail for your actions. I'm not perfect at all but I always controlled my emotions. Why can't you hold yourself till the right time if ever it will be there? Matata was sacked in his breath. A drop of heavy rock fell in his heart as if it was his first time talking with his friend. Sebenzile was looking at him waiting for a convincing reply from him too while Matata was busy putting himself into a high court waiting for his tribunal to pass on. I, it wasn't like that, T, he gasped. I'm sorry Sebe to force you on this. I promise it will not happen anyhow. I misinterpret you and you don't like it. I don't like? Said deeply voiced Sebenzile. Please. Shh. You seem more stupid than you look. A girl has her time to act at ever you need cheap lessons.
you can't just jump to a girl as you did to me. If ever that is how you treat girls, you better behave properly. If ever you ache for sex with me, be sure it will need your miles to reach your destiny. She took a deep breath. You have to be a smart guy to a woman if ever you want to see some happy moments with a girl. I say all these because I love you and I want you to develop new and modern ways to treat a girl. No matter is just a friend or what. At the end of the day respect her as you need to be respected too. Anyway, your apology is accepted. The intoxicating force of her tough had done such strange things to him. But the reward Sebenzile offered to Matata was as cold as snowfall. He thought. Matata was to take a short pause going outside to find the real him after harsh and wisely put words of Sebenzile, he never felt any heat anymore but always clicked those words in his head. His intentions to bring Sebenzile were really to seduce his friends but tended to be a great lesson of the day. It had taken all his self-control to be fired like that by a girl. It was on his return to be determined to make peace with his heart and made sure Sebenzile was good. She was calm and relaxed like before. They got back together to what was their common factors past days of their friend reunion. Playing and reading some magazines Sebenzile brought swept doubtful thoughts to both of them. Even though they looked happy, when their eyes met as Matata slid deeply inside hers, seeing her beautiful face as they touched each other, Matata could barely hold himself back from exploding. He did not want to miss her again. Matata no longer expected much of what was revolving in his head, talking to her for a couple of hours now could be enough to convince Sebenzile he could be a smart guy at the end of the day. It was again taught Matata that he was wasting his own time. The deepest conversation he could expect was what they liked and her experience being in Lesotho once more after such a long time away. Me, not much, and she had said something that have now seen as unworthy to what Matata wanted, things which made it obvious that she was only after one aspect, open and ordinary talk. Had that happened a few years after, they would have sat Matata there like an idiot, and then made him come up with some excuses to visit Seppo at far west of Lakoting near Mapateng High School. But Matata was a Lakoting know-how graduate among boys, you know, the how to win friends and influence people, guy, and he decided to put what he could learn to use. Shu. What do you guys do for a living? Even if it wasn't Matata's main focus, they were scholars and Sebenzile mother was the only breadwinner. His interest was immediately piqued not by her sweet voice she counters but by something within his heart. Are you still on the pick you used to be at school, said Matata. Do you have another male friend there like me? Shh, shh. How could I answer these too many questions at a go? Anyway, I still have one. You guys have some common characters. He likes competing as we always do at primary, Sebenzile assumed. That could be a surprise to Matata. Neither of her answers nor the comparison Sebenzile made to her friends, he was amazed to see how convincing he could be within a short notice. Could he be creative enough to bring in the saddest mood of an angel back to its normal state again? He made it as he planned. A bang on the door. A little shock flashed in Matata's ribs like passing lighting. A moment of silence powerhouse their conversation, the growing rhythm caused them to turn their heads to the door with no expectation of Matata's mother and sister. Matata, Matata. A hoarse voice was calling from outside the house. Hey, brother. Come in man Matata replied. Huh. It was Matata's friend, Seppo. They nearly squeezed their lungs in the cages of their ribs. Nothing much is happening man, he continued. It wasn't a good idea Matata to let him in. Do you need him suspect something with your vest and shorts? Whispered Sebenzile. Matata did not see it the same manner Sebenzile was seeing at it. Only a surprising glance made Matata thought it was terrible too. Footsteps were still approaching the open door. 
It was turning to be bad and Sebenzile was increasingly uncomfortable as Matata read her on the face. A face of a scolded girl he never saw before. Matata tended to be worried now that Seppo might cross the threshold. His violent and peaceful feeling swapped in his mind to a deep depression. You must be kidding, Matata. Just take anything to wear, don't be so hypocrites. Remarked Sebenzile. She hurriedly took out Matata's t-shirt from their suitcase and threw it at him. He put it on and moved out to meet his friend. At least Matata managed to secure someone's peace of mind and their friendship too. Matata and Seppo met outside near the peach tree. Seppo was picking one at a time trying to eat them. Everything went smoothly though Seppo wanted to go to the town with his friend. But things turned to be on the other way round. These peaches are so nice to eat by mere looking. I never thought they are this sweet brother. Can I have a plastic bag to take more for my journey to town? Alleged Seppo. The laughter busted out while taking five as their common gesture. They both squatted under a tree and gossiping. Seppo seemed relaxed mouthful of juicy red summer peaches. Matata wasn't in a good mood to relax with him either. Now the piece of cake was on the stake to which piece was he taking with him, either Tseppo or Sebenzile. It was as though the earth had suddenly stopped and time was frozen for him. A dizzy feeling of not losing them both but Sebenzile was still a priority on a man's land. Can you have 50 Melodi with you brother? Asked Matata. I have someone who needs some snacks man. Guess who? You tell me, brother. If not, I will go there and see who is in the room. But I can assure you that it is a she man. Note Seppo, she is a shy man. She is going to be angry with me if ever I can allow you to get in. Seppo did not want to listen. Rather try to push Matata away to go to the door. Matata never allowed him anyhow. Seeing two bulls resisting each other's way, it's a fun activity to watch. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you. She is Sebenzile Shabalala. She is from Muzinsi though originally belongs up there. She is now staying at Sharpaville. They went there a long time ago even before you would be here too. So they are here for the Christmas holidays. That's all I can say to you. No, man. You and her? Don't be so naughty Seppo. Please can you go alone and buy some snacks for us? You can buy whatever snack you use to buy for your girlfriend man, said Matata. Okay. I'll see you maybe after an hour. Be sure you use condoms. See you just go, man. I know you very well Matata. You and a girl are friends. You can't be there for nothing. Brother. Please hurry up. We still have plenty of time when you get back man. They both laughed and went away separately. At least Matata gets along with Seppo to stretch of time with Sebenzile while Seppo was away to his destiny. At last he understood me for giving me his money when I needed it, whispered Matata on his way to the door. He was naive about what could be said to test Sebenzile's humor at the moment of his departure. You acted like a real gentleman Matata. I thought you would let him come in here. So you proved me wrong, remarked Sebenzile. Thank you, Sebe. Matata replied and complimented with the perceived sound of heavy breathing. I'm sorry I took a long time. No. No. Matata, I'm fine with that. I have been watching you guys through the window. I know that guy. He was the one who accompanied me from Tabong supermarket on the first day of my arrival. I never told him my name. He is a good guy I think. Everything that was in Matata's mind went back to normal. Sebenzile was well off with her canning smell as Matata thought. That unreality conversation was a history of the 16th century in his mind. Matata, ha. Huh? I'm dead with hunger. I want to go home and bring some food I was cooking before I came here, said Sebenzile. I cooked some nice food buddy. 
Matata had no answer to her conversation at all. He only thought that Sebenzile was trying to run away. Maybe she was enough with him. Matata thought. His sister left him cooking porridge and cabbage. Would it be a good idea to serve her papa and Moroho it could be unquestionably. But it was a court case again in his mind, self-esteem was at its zero degrees. Oh lord. That's ill at ease of a smart guy like him. He could not get over how easy that was going to be though he thought he was an expert on the subject of girls. They could even say yes with a look, a smile, or even a tone of the tongue. But Sebenzile was more his intellectual ability. She was leaning close to bed looking Matata straight on his face. Maybe she was reading the confusion Matata had which was written in bold letters on his expression. What are you thinking Matata? Sebenzile said with a husky voice. Everything you are thinking can be funny to me too. It ended up being a surprise to Matata. Sebenzile didn't see how maddening he was. Matata never touches any subject of food, rather reminds Sebenzile of their past experiences and how bad he used to be. Besides that, he went on being a tale teller about his first date at school, the embarrassment he was got from a teacher who saw him kiss a girl in the class. Please Matata. Carry on. What's the end of that? I want to hear more buddies. That was a fascinating experience at school. She was crazy about him now. Matata decided. He wished he had won the case then. Maybe he had to tell her more and more to keep her until Tseppo arrival from town. Sebenzile was so glued to Matata's tales that Matata sensed she even forgot about the food she insisted to bring. For the next few hours talking and listening to the music on Sebe mother's cell phones together with Matata, their bodies were swaying to the music as if they were dancing the whole day. Matata had been praying that Seppo could not come so fast from town. Everyone was enjoying the moment and it seemed like a hunger game was a long time over for a year then. Time was moving strangely, sliding sideways as though hours were minutes when those minutes felt like an eternity. Everything turned to be sweet and relaxed with the gaze of a nobleman. Sebe was in some strange fantasy world of stylish art, youthful minds, and limitless wealth. But it wasn't the luxury that could lure Matata at most. Hopefully you won't be changing any mood we have when Seppo arrived with our food. It was Matata gazing through the lane window of the room. Pulling her against his body hard too arrogant to care what she could feel. Matata quickly directed her head straight to the window to show her that Seppo was coming. He is coming. Make sure you won't be like before. He is bringing some snacks for us and I promised he will meet you when he returns from town. I suppose you. Don't lecture me Matata. I'll be fine with him right? I didn't want him to get in while you are half naked. Where is the conscience of our secrecy? Sebenzile heaved a sigh. It's fine with me to be with you guys. Let's take some chairs outside to have some fun Matata. Okay. Matata muttered. Would you perhaps like to take the rest of the afternoon here? Matata suggested acidly. Yes, Matata. Thanks. But it's already afternoon. Remember your mother might be here shortly from now, Sebenzile smiles. Getting one afternoon with Sebenzile and Seppo was not even close to the hours Matata and Sebenzile spend that day. But Matata was bored, Seppo arrived on the wrong timing as Matata was gaining momentum of his enjoyment at last with Sebenzile. But he had to swallow everything. The reason for the change was obvious. Matata had been turned off by the openness Sebenzile had at Seppo. Though it was the innocent feelings that everyone could have, it seemed so bad to Matata's thoughts. It was a horrifying resentfulness of the century. Time had it all as they spent almost two hours gossiping and enjoying their snacks which ended up being the best for Sebenzile. She forgot totally about food. Pushing out horrifying thoughts in Matata's mind was not a cup of green tea but he finally did. Thank God. At least he managed to have self-control, he thought. 
The arrival of Matata's mother was a thin end of the wedge to him. It made him see things differently and forget the worst thoughts ever of the day. Seppo had to go because his friend was rising to the challenge. His mother arrived since departed a long time ago. But Matata refused to let Sebenzile go too. Any valid reasons behind that, it was just an untold incident of a boy? It was fantastic late hours of the day to both Matata and Sebenzile eating some queen cakes and some sweets Matankiso shared to them while Matata's siblings were busy fitting themselves with Christmas clothes a mother bought for them. That was a propeller shaft of their happiness. It was their yearly happiness they received. All along with their mother only came two and a half days a month and never bought clothes or anything kids could be happy for her arrival. She used to arrive on Friday night then go back to Kimberley early Sunday. She never goes to church because of her early departure. But then she was going to spend at least 10 days with her kids. Chapter 11 New Year's Eve Love undeniably fire up late. He was well into middle age. 20 years from birth was huge for young people as it meant a lot to them. Had never married, never really wanted to marry at all, but falling in the best relationship was his wish. Had he ended a very bad relationship ever at her age, very painfully a couple of days ago before schools closed and totally, he thought, nearly gave up to girls. Dumping was the name of the game for a very long time in this field, he was recently out of the game but it seemed he was into reserves to start a new one with someone he never thought he would see again. Sebenzile seemed to arrive at the right time of Matata's boredom from girls to ease his pains in relationships. But she was more complicated to presage what a great gentleman, as he thought, was expecting. Matata and Sebenzile were both passionately interested in Melitolo. The local apostolic church series of events that occurred every night of the year-end had been organized by those churches in Mavitang at Lakoting. And they were held when the sun set till the following sundown. Was born and bred in the same church. Her whole family, so, of course, they came to the first meeting of such events after such a long time without attending them. A lot was going on that night, but Matata was the silent type who hardly spoke at all that night as he was just a Catholic company though he had attended Melitolo. In the succeeding meetings, Sebi did get to speak to Matata casually as they seemed to be strangers, as she did everyone, trying to keep their struggling little group of the church alive. They spoke briefly, usually nothing more than a greeting or short comment over some night events of the day just to keep Matata updated, the way anyone speaks to anyone they barely know in an organization. That went on for as little as five hours of the night. As if Sebenzile could merely say to confirm, Matata was neither deaf, dumb, blind nor dead could she appreciate that Matata was a very good-looking man, but she was not interested in men that day. Maybe Sebenzile was too busy to think of them at the time. It was a busy night for everyone, Matata never thought of Sebenzile giving him a limited time but enjoying every minute she was giving him. What made it so comforting for Matata that night? It was because Matata primed his mind that he was going to spend a night singing and walking around the whole night, where was that gentleman's mentality? On the other side of Lakoting, Durban, everyone was moving around rejoicing and waiting for the twelfth hour to celebrate a new year. Heavy and small crickets explosions were the norm of the village. Others would tighten up steel wool in their stick then started running with them burned. Burning tires were out of date in the 20th century. Everybody was exhaling and inhaled the puffed air of the approaching new year, 2005. Freedom was the name of the game, walking freely without the fears of parents and elders from teenagers was a moment to enjoy to them. Matata's homeboys were sneaking away for trysts at every opportunity. Girls too talked about boys to every corner of the town and the village while others were the beginners of every alcohol and drug. Blue inhalation was the priority at the moment. At times sex was an obsession with the teenagers at the Happy New Year though girls would seem trapped into shyness because of Pesoto moral dignity to women. 
Women can't propose or ask a man to make love, they thought of being whores or even come and get, only men are supposed to make every initiative on everything. One of the private games teenagers showed their naughtiness at the village was the discovery of their place, Bulk. One would completely hide or cover his face to allow boys and girls to hide together under blackest, it was a blankets play. The one who was hiding the face undraped to try to touch and feel over the blankets to see if he could identify one of those hidden under blankets, he would then say their names till he identified them all. The first to be identified is the one who would be covering the face to allow others to exchange blankets too. Those hidden under blankets were normally hidden in pairs based on their personal preferences, a boy and a girl of the same age. That was the point that started to electrify each other. A boy would start to stroke a girl's buttocks or even private parts. By the end of some minutes of such strokes, a girl would usually reach the younghood orgasm, that would be the point a boy would take the advantage of to fulfill their desire. The two would disappear from the play to do their naughtiness phenomena as at the most the play happened at the night rise, the late hours of the sunset during the start of the dark till huge darkness of the night. Matata and Sebenzile would acknowledge the play as they were each other's partner players of the game, though Sebenzile's sexual drive was not developed that strong enough to be discovered. Matata's sexual urges were embarked on to get stronger. It was at about this time that he made a shattering discovery. He failed to taste Sebenzile inside since that early age of those plays but he never got the opportunity. He would call it the chances wasted. Matata had long ago given up on Sebenzile to have a naughty sperm less sex, she was not interested or saw some boys as different from her. It was then that the full realization stunned her. Thought of a tomb boy. She was naturally at an early age, interested in boys' ways of doing things. She was passionate enough about that without knowing how difficult life was for tomb boys. Society did not approve of it though lately, they were a little bit accepted. Criticism is reduced to be welcomed in the society of Pesoto Drive. Tomb boys and lesbians were clustered and considered as sinful behavior and crimes against nature. Those were men's thoughts at those early times of Matata and Sebenzile. But now all are Sebenzile, she was a strictly teenage girl whom Matata was secretly falling for her. Was that secret? Not really but taking it to a further step was a huge mountain to climb. Still, on the New Year's Eve dying hours of the day, Sebenzile was so active and interested to be part of the church service at their village. That was her reunion with her church and New Year's last service after such a long time. Her change in citizenship seemed to mess her soul. As Sebenzile hurried down through the heavy crowd gathered for Melitolo, evening church service of a finicky church named Zion, the noise of those thousand people sounded through the ground and shadow of the village like a far-off thunder. Matata was a distance away from the crowd and gathered with local boys at the firewood. It was far from Sebenzile, and she was weak, aching from standing some hours at the gathering. Yet it was her almost once a night to take though at every square she sat down to rest. And she knew she could receive small words of encouragement. Perhaps, if she had possessed an artiste's eye, the amiable oddity of the scene might have made her step stagger, and the path seems longer than it was, but to Matata the event seemed so strange to see her that week. Hey! Sebe! What going on? You look staggering! Shouted Matata! Huh! Man, I'm tired and feel some dizziness, Sebenzile said. Iowa! What's the matter? What did you do or it always happened? I don't know seriously. Matata looked at her looking somewhere to take a rest on the grass. She finally got to sit down and covered her face with two hands. She felt vertigo as they used to do at the stage. Matata was standing nearby motionless. Almost half an hour Sebenzile seating to make her comfortable. Please Matata can you please take this bottle and fetch some water down there, she said pointing with her finger. You'll find a huge drum there, please man. Okay. 
Matanov took a bottle and hurriedly went as directed. He was physically strong but weak in the mind seeing Sebenzile at the state though they arrived together without any sickness. Maybe it was the atmosphere and environment she was in. His thought never gave him the best common sense he could get. Weariness was the game to be played silently with other boys' notice. Matata went quickly and returned to see if Sebenzile was still at the same state he left her at. Get a nip. Maybe you will be fine friend. Matata said handing Sebenzile a bottle. Sebenzile seated upright on the grass lifted her face. She took a deep breath just to forbid vomiting. It was lucky that few people were seeing that Sebenzile was vomiting and they seemed going to avoid helping her. But Matata was brave enough to handle the situation at its best. Hmm. I'm feeling much better. I'll be fine Matata. Don't worry much nay. Thanks for helping me this much. You're my lifesaver so far. I don't think I will go back there. It's too hot for me to cope. What are you going to do? It's cold here unless you will bring some chopped wood to start a new fire here, Matata said. Sebenzile did not reply but take another gallop of water with a hose to cool her up. They are now seating close to each other. But no signal of intimacy on them both. What says your chronometer Matata? Asked Sebenzile looking at her friend. It's 2300 hours now. Are you sure you will be fine till morning? So Sebenzile looked at Matata oddly and said, well, let's get this over with. Matata was almost shocked too to see the strangest look from his friend, but he owns both a calendar, mirror and thought he had best be satisfied with what he had seen that day. Sebenzile eyes were like the same stars above them and complemented with the moonlight of the night. How huge were they according to her friend's thoughts? That look seemed faded with the relief she was feeling. Oh. Matata sorry wasn't trying to scare you, man. I want to show you that I'm feeling much better. Can I ask you something? Requested Sebenzile. Before that, I wish you can do me favor and say yes to me. If ever it is something possible to do. I don't like favors remember. Whispered Matata looking at Sebenzile. Sebenzile took a deep breath and keep smothered for a minute before she could say any word. I'm feeling tired now. So you mind if we can have a walk and regains my memories when we were still kids man. You're the only man I can rust going with at this time. Remember we have been trusting. Please ma'am, I no longer have that great strength I used to have before we departed man. Matata did not answer but his actions showed hesitation to a gentleman like him. His thoughts were no longer on having time with her besides the event they were. The fire was not a great but enjoyable atmosphere. Midnight was not yet ring to witness the first minute of the new year. It seemed like he was between two hard rocks comatose to which one to climb for his destiny, but he was still in need of seven zile. Matata are you fine really? Or? You don't want to go with me? Just accompany me then to my home to sleep though my sister and mom are all here. Shushes. Okay. We'll go together and go around to everywhere you feel like going. I don't think sleeping is a good idea Sebe. Again I won't come back to her alone. It'll be far without any company. Thank you so much man. Said Sebenzile tracking Matata's shoulders with both hands. Let me go to the house and change this dress. I came with a tracksuit. Sebenzile happiness was like a kid meeting her mother who they had been away to each other for a long time. It seemed like she never thought Matata would accept that. It was 11, 10 p.m. when Matata comes across with his watch. He was too startled to keep an eye on the scene he was seeing at Sebenzile. Why Sebenzile had that happiness after the acceptance of her proposal? They went out through the gardens and walked around the Maypatang soccer field until they found that lovely little knoll, where one of their village teenagers used to play, loomed over them from some 500 yards away from Matshabalala, the place where the Malitalo was held. 
Yes, they are big enough that they could come into sight most effectively at that distance. There was smooth grass under their feet, they were surrounded by flowering bushes and stood beneath an African flowering plant, Lingana that perfumed the air with its unique, sweet fragrance. Overhead a full moon floated in the armada blue evening sky. I like this view, Bata. We can easily have a sight of the riverbanks man. Or, do you mind if we can go down there just a moment before we can go to the other side of the village? Requested Sebenzile resting her head on Matata's shoulder. No, Sebe. We can't go there. Look at the slope. You might pick an injury dear, Matata replied. The sweet sound of the running water from the river mixed with a small winding air to make their company completely romantic. Matata's emotions were far from the current event. He was long left back at the church service. But Sebenzile was at the peak of her pleasure at the hilltops of Lakoting village and with a great view of the river Kubuntu. Besides, it was a New Year's Eve, no one feared the night. People were all over the village though Matata and Sebenzile were on the quiet side where nobody would expect them to be. Matata, if you refuse to go down there with me now, we stayed here till midnight and you can't watch some explosion of the New Year's cricket. Sebenzile said with the feeling that Matata would mind spending some time on our side of the village. Wow. We can't go there rather we spend time here till you're satisfied. Maybe it will be the best time to spend with any people's disturbances. Matata tried hard to discount his feelings to Sebenzile. He pretended as if he did not care about everything but deep down his heart laid a heavy rock that was hard to be coughed out to be seen. Where was that gentleman's bravery to take initiative to a girl? Every tactic was gone, not just gone but forgotten decades ago for uncountable miles too. Sebenzile looked relaxed to be with Matata and enjoying the company. The wild view was perfect and tempting to those who know the romantic feeling at its best. It was just a blank chapter for a teenager like Matata. Where Sebenzile did experience that. Maybe she once goes to such views, yes. But no one knows, maybe, maybe not. I have never viewed this place at this time, man. It looks so beautiful. I have been missing this kind of place in my beloved country. Besides, I like our company very much, Matata. She took a deep breath with the realization that she was unaware of a great feeling she was into but Matata did. Matata. Matata. Come closer to me man. I'm not your enemy. Today it could be my big day. Or, even you she said softly and tried to pull Matata's hands to him. Really? Or you wanted to spend some New Year's first minutes with me? We did when we were still kids, lady. Matata replied. Matata waited for Sebenzile to expose what she was trying to say in her argument but she did not repeat the same words. To point out that, to his admission, the views in which Sebenzile looked at them as magnificent were just a dull and dark page to him. Matata. Hmm. Replied Matata looking at her with the expectations to hear her say something. Can you give me a hug man? That's a special jiffy I give to you since I arrived here. She again took a very deep breath. I wish you can admit it. Not because you're doing me favors but you're feeling it. Matata hurriedly put his finger on Sebenzile's mouth. He reached up to stroke her cheek, the very first he had deliberately touched in doing it. They hugged each other for some minutes to depart. An answer for a spectacular kiss, her lips moved against him with gentle hesitation. Her kiss was like nothing, on earth, he had ever known before. Girls had always kissed him so eager and shyly, but this one was the best of them all. Still kissing each other, Sebenzile pulled a bit, then, without letting him go, I think I waited until we were in the right place to tell you something, Matata. Please accept my offer. It has been long now bottling my feelings for you man. What do you mean, Sebe? Demanded Matata. 
Sebenzile did not say a word anymore. She pushed him over the grass near them. The powers a man could have was all gone to unnamed places and cleverly watch every move Sebenzile was trying to make. He quivered as Sebenzile was reaching him and felt her breath closer over him. Sebenzile gave Matata another kiss, a kiss that arouses every corner of Matata's feelings. No more words to explain that, only actions talked more and more. Her eyes were deep in their cavities to be recognized in the grayish pools within them. Matata trembled, even more, when Sebenzile pulled his hands up the valley between her breasts down to the flat belly. She was so soft and warm. Sebenzile leaned alongside Matata, who followed her to be over her. Matata started to brush Sebenzile from belly down between her legs fearing to pull down a tracksuit Sebenzile was putting on even though the heart wanted more than that. Sebenzile was all over the ground surrendered to give all to Matata. He finally tracked down a tracksuit. Discovering that she was not wearing a panty inside, he nearly wheezed. He unexpectedly touched her while Sebenzile was whispering unheard words. She quickly pushed Matata away from her. Without any word, Matata looked surprised and standstill. She took off her tracksuit, Matata get the gist hurriedly for a long waiting moment he ever thought of. That was too much for him. The simplicity was just like Matata who was pulled closer to Sebenzile and revealed the perfection of her curvy hips. Sebenzile was wet, really wet. Get in Matata. She suddenly whispered. Now the voice was clear but very soft to touch. Matata did his order. His body was hard against her. Feeling her beneath him, he wanted nothing more than to push and pull. He pushes inside her with one hard and deep propulsion, a hard thrust that made Sebenzile enjoy it even more while her mouth whispering senseless sounds. Matata tried to block her mouth but it was too late to recapture. It went and went through teenage actions that could not last, it eventually ended though no one wanted to let each other go. A hero neither come from far east nor west countries of the world but lived within the reach, that ghastly thought made Matata felt trembled and he involuntarily turned his face to Sebenzile who was breathing expeditiously like a horse race after a heavy slot. You're a special woman, Sebenzile Shabalala, he said in a low voice. I've never met your equal. Hey. Let me get a dressed man. You must be kidding me. Said Sebenzile softly pushing him to find her way to dress up and gave a short laugh. Boom. Boom. Happy. Happy. It was the explosion and the village burst loudly with voices calling for a happy new year. It was midnight. It was the dawn of midnight, the moon blended with the exploding cricket's flavors to make every atmosphere in the village and far west villages seem colorful. Liking shone plaintive blurry lights on the dark made it more spectacular than ever. I'm not as special as you thought, I'm completely ordinary. At least I grew up here with you man, her eyes narrowed. I have something I wanted to tell you Matata. I love you more than a friend. Sebenzile seated down near Matata who was surprised and folding his arms, their gazes locked up with the smoothness of their romance without a word, held in the moonlight. It all resulted in another kiss Matata initiated as the yes answer to her offer. I can't believe you seriously. I, loved you the first time I saw you more than a friend too but. Matata declared. But what? She laughed. I feared to tell you my feelings. That first day we took a walk. It was the time I wished to let you know but fear brought me down, Matata confessed. Thank you so much Matata. It means a lot to me. We have been kids together though I had to go to Sharpaville man. That's not where the point is. But be sure that having sex with you means I was buying you, I did it because I wanted to show you that I love you with my life. Remember we didn't use condoms. Why didn't you use a condom, Matata? Matata had no answer he could say. Rather swept the dark floor with unseen eyebrows. Oh my god, he thought suddenly. 
Sebenzile was everything he needed through his conscience did not allow him to express his feelings since the arrival. She was everything he had imagined, just what he could fantasize about. But she had more than just an innocent heart and soul, but innocent beauty a man could much need. It was his first to taste and thrust inside her. What had he done? Why had she let him do that unprotected? He had always been scared to remember that. He did not even know the behavior of Sebenzile on the other side of the country, but he was only blinded by a lust that was driving him to risk a life. But men like Matata always created the fighting mechanism that, she is my angel, I trusted her so much. I believe she can't be infected with HIV or STIs. What if there was a kid? It was ironically haunting him deep down in his heart. Matata was glorified in his thoughts at the moment. It felt him with pride and wonder. He was a hero to be Sebenzile's boyfriend since her stay in Lesotho, a girl who had been admired by village boys like him. No other man beside him had ever touched her, or even a mere kiss. Matata and his new lover went back to the village as premeditated. Now Matata had a new upheaval in his mind. He had got everything the world could offer him. Long longing special someone was truly on his own hands? He did not believe where it came from, but it happened. The sublimation of rainbows of clear skies from the cricket was superb and beautiful to be viewed at distance. Matata and Sebenzile went back to the village though Sebenzile felt tired. They both take pleasure in every minute of their company. Matata, did I do something wrong? Sebenzile grabbed Matata's hand. No, Sebe. Wrapping his arms around her waist, he kissed her on the temple. Don't think that say K1 Ketsumoto a mobile nake. Never make me feel bad. Okay. She pulled out from Matata's arms. I'm tired now, do you mind going home now? Look at your watch. It's after one o'clock I think. Matata had to accept and admitted to gratify his new girlfriend. His heart was again transcendent with happiness he had never thought he could have. Okay. I can see you're shivering with cold. He paused a bit and gave Sebenzile a hand. Sebe, are you sure you meant it to be lovers? Do you think I was joking with such a huge issue or play with your emotions? Yes dear. She replied. Matata sucked in a deep breath. That wasn't on his agenda. The next picture he had formed on Sebenzile, long naked legs, and white hips were not just blown into his mind with the ambience of the village noises but became firm and unquestionable in his mind that Sebenzile meant it. She deserved to be loved too. The only thing Matata planned on enjoying was the sight he saw on Sebenzile. He wanted to spend much of the night with her. That was the greediness of boys and the blinding of new love. He did not intend to let the fact he had to see Sebenzile in the company of strangers spoiled his happiness. Jealous always rocked his thoughtful mind, he had to go with her to her home. Unfortunately, I wanted to go home with you, but I'm sure we can make the best of things together for our safety, Sebenzile threw up her arms in simulated surrender. I do enjoy being with you man. I think it's our last treasured time to spend. I will be leaving for Josie very soon. The deep, warm sound of it sent a little shiver through his belly. Sebenzile's mother and sister were Matata's concern, what if they will arrive while they were still sleeping? But Sebenzile's laughter made him almost gave in and smile. Smart lady, you're quick on the enticement, anyone ever told you that? Requested Matata. God! That sounded like flirting. A lazy smile crept from her eyes, a deep enchanting view she had preferred to be unnoticed, all the way to his mouth, turning up the edges of lips way too tempting to a boy who had not been kissed in over a year. Matata tipped his head toward her and stared straight into her eyes. One slight move and his mouth would touch hers. Oh God! Would he kiss her senseless if she wasn't careful? His heart contested. Would he dare? Did she want him to? Come on, man! Time to get on in the house, 
Here we come. Sebenzile took a step back and grinned at her friend, the door was now open to be entered. Sure thing, we here were just getting to know each other. Weren't we, man? Okay. No problem replied Matata. There had been a great night from the two, they spend much of it together till the morning hours. Melitolo tended to be over at 6 in the morning. But Sebenzile's mother and sister did not show up at that time. That was Sebenzile and Matata Kismet. Matata left Sebenzile's home around 7 in the morning, she was still at babies asleep. Things went on like that for almost two weeks of the new year, 2005, it was a wonderfully comfortable routine, weekends together, weeks spent with each other at different places. It was so comfortable, in fact, Matata could see it carrying on forever like that. And a greedy being that Matata wanted more. He wanted the whole Lignalo, marriage, all at one and living in their house together with roses around the door. His age and kids were out of the question. Of course, those were some dreams of new love. It scared. Was he too old, but what if he wanted it truly? Was it good timing for him to propose a marriage? Again how could he start to work up the moral courage to broach the subject with her, or should he wait for each other to pursue their studies at universities? It was too unfortunate to take long before he wanted to tell his partner at once. Sebenzile was gone. Gone for good or more years like before. How would it get hold of him to meet someone who he long time ago loved but spend just tick moment with her? It in actuality went with the proverbs of good books, it starts late. It was a hard task that he had undertaken. The first few days, Sebenzile had gone back to her miles away space, he had pretended he has no great difficulty but a man's heart can never be ignored. The good man's brain was feeble too, and he allowed himself to be deceived like a child as Sebe did. He always thought. But with returning health of his broken heart's ideas became clearer. He had to keep himself posted concerning a way forward to forget about his new love. His thoughts were long and long away from his soul but in a windy and snowy wilderness. It was indeed a man of his secret sorrows he could never reveal. It was pitiful to see that lovely man leaning night and day over his thoughts, for that entire week, what he would do was to ask his friend's advice. They assisted him as much as they could, but it was the brother who was especially useful to him in the imaginary invasion. He knew all the strokes that had hit his heart beforehand and he too got welcoming strokes from a brother from another father. Now this is where they will go, and their anticipations were always realized, which did not fail to make him proud of his manhood. Those were a young man's mentality.